All right, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it is that time once again. Time for another... Another joyous episode of V8 Radio, Kevin. Joyous episode of V8 Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Oste, uh, joined as always by our esteemed co-host, Mr. Mike Cuball-Clark, who is joyous today. Yes, sir. It is that time of year. Yes, we're uh, uh, recording this at the end of the year. We've only got, uh, what, a day or two left of 18. Yep. So uh, uh, it's been a very busy uh, event season, both holidays and other stuff. So I figured we'd squeeze one more in by the end of the year here, and here we are. Dig it. Glad to be here. Yeah, me too. As always. And uh, uh, last time it was uh, a live recorded episode at the PRI show, and uh, some of our astute listeners had pointed out that we did not prepare a trivia question for that particular mm. episode because that was kind of a seat-of-the-pants, uh, spur-of-the-moment episode with uh, yes. with yourself and Rod Euchner uh, on board. So this time, uh, I've prepared two trivia questions. And as fate would have it, Kevin, so have <laughs> I. <laughs> right on. So now we're going to make up for it because we don't want to throw that average off right. of trivia right. questions. So. you got to give the people what they want. Right. That's it. And, you know, we've been getting some uh, some very favorable reviews recently uh, about the show, so we appreciate everybody that tunes in and takes the time to uh, allow us tickle their uh, audio systems with our uh, <laughs> our deep-seated knowledge of nonsense or whatever it is that we do here. We, we thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, deep, deep-seated. Yes. I like that. And also, you know, appreciate taking the time to share those reviews. Uh, you can find a bunch of those on iTunes, and then we have uh, our core listeners on Facebook and stuff that also provide commentary, which is uh, appreciated. So, as not to let them all down, uh, uh, we will get into our trivia question segment here, because what we typically do is throw out a couple of automotive trivia questions in the beginning of the show, and then uh, release the answers to these questions at the end, which kind of encapsulates the whole experience into a, uh, a very satisfying uh, satisfying experience to listen to. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the year, man. Come on, I'm, I'm reaching. <laughs> the pipeline is empty, kids. Uh, oh, you got that right. All right, and because of that, you go first. Okay, will do. All right, Kevin. Um, you know, when a lot of people build their hot rods and um, race cars and stuff, they use, uh, for the, their plumbing needs, they typically use uh, AN fittings. Um, and they, you know, it makes for a nice, it's a good product, um, makes for a good look and all that good stuff. So what, is, what does AN stand for? And how did that come about? Ooh, well, that's an interesting one. You're, of course, referring to the, uh, the aluminum nut fasteners that have mm-hmm. a uh, 37 degree flare right on the yes on the fitting that would be the one that would also be found typically in in red and black anodized mm-hmm. uh, or red and blue rather and uh, recently right. in black well i'm going to take a stab at this um, and i've heard this several ways but I, I actually believe it to be true so i believe the an uh, originally stemmed from Army and Navy. Hmm. Now, I could be wrong on that because it does sound like a little too obvious, perhaps, you know, or, or like one of those things. But right. that's what I heard, is that these were initially a military-type fitting, and it was different okay. from residential plumbing, so they call them Army-Navy. 
Uh, hmm. But I will bolster that with, do you know why those fittings were red and blue? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Use my own question against me? <laughs> Jeez. Well, it will it will help give me a, a little less guilt if I got the Army Navy thing wrong. No, I don't know why they're red and blue. Uh, well, because maybe the male and female fitting. I don't no, know. No, no, no. You can know. get all of them in both. Oh well, that's great. They were uh, indicators of hot or cold water systems. Ah, kind of like pex fitting is today. That's correct. Oh, dang it! All right. Don't ask me what pex fitting means because I know what the stuff is, but I don't know right. why they call I it. I don't that. know what it means either. <laughs> Since I don't believe it's an automotive use, we're not going to go down that path. Nice. All right. So that was my first one. All right. All right, so you say it's uh, Army Navy. Yeah, which right. could be wrong, but that's what I heard. So or could be right. You I'm, never know. I'm parroting. We'll find out at the end of the show. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> now a reason uh, to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. All right, so now you go. Oh, you want me to give both? Uh, no, I can go. Okay. All right, so um, I know you're a big NASCAR fan. Totally. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> Ah, boy. Well, this is kind of a motorsport (laughs) trivia question in general, but it is NASCAR related. So what was the highest speed ever recorded on a NASCAR lap? And do you know uh, perhaps what... I'll give you several parts. If you get any of them right, you win. Oh, okay. So the the first one is, uh, what was the, the fastest speed recorded on any NASCAR track ever? The next one is, okay. uh, what car was it? And the third one is, what year? So if you get any one of those, you win. Okay, what car and what, what was the last car? What, what, what year? year did that record occur? What year? Okay, now you said NASCAR track. Yes. Was it a NASCAR type vehicle? Yeah, it's 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 it? the so to rephrase that question, what is the top speed record of a NASCAR? NASCAR on okay. a, on a NASCAR track. What's the on fastest NAS- okay. speed lap recorded? Oh boy! Well, gosh, I know you uh, you regularly see speeds of over two hundred miles an hour um, on NASCAR tracks, so it's going to be. Probably well north of that mark. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, let's see, let's see the the uh, I know the Superbird. I think wasn't that the first car to achieve over 200 miles an hour on a NASCAR track? You Maybe are, you are correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, Driven by Buddy that was Buddy Baker. 19, yeah, 1970. That probably occurred. I would mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 202 um, miles an hour for that one. 202. Okay, so and change. Right, I don't know. I know that uh, speeds got pretty high, and then NASCAR started using restrictor plates to kind of lower the speeds for safety reasons. Um, so let me see. I'm going to say the fastest speed ever recorded on a NASCAR track by NASCAR is going to be 227 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and. We'll say it was the, um, let's see, what car? So 
do you mean like what manufacturer? <clears throat> yeah. Or like the or the the racer? No, the car. The car. Itself. Okay, the car. Okay. What kind of car I, was it? Okay, what kind of car? I will say it was. Um, I will say it was. It was a. Um, I'll say a Toyota. I know they're into NASCAR. Mm-hmm. And what year? 2010. 2010. All right. Don't ask me where I got those numbers <laughs> because they smell pretty bad right now. <laughs> well, it's okay. So uh, the guess is 227 miles an hour was the top speed of any NASCAR lap. And it was done in a Toyota in 2010. Noted. Mm-hmm. I can hear the laughter now. <laughs> well, you know, I, the, the reason for the three separate sides of that story is because I know you're not the world's biggest NASCAR fan, and I'm not either, but I, I thought it was interesting. So it was one of, one of the No, most. it is. It's, it's, it's probably a cool stat when, I, when we learn how wrong I am and what the right answer is. Well, um, and you, you at, hit uh, uh, the, the point of the restrictor plate, and I think that's when NASCAR kind of lost me because uh-huh. every other form of racing, the goal is to go faster. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, yeah. I will say today, they don't go as fast as the record because okay. the organization has put the restrictors on them and all the rest. Right. And if this was uh-huh. salt flat racing and five years from now, they weren't going as fast and couldn't. Yeah. It would take... Why, why watch? <laughs> right. <laughs> why pay attention? Right. Yeah. Right. Perfect point. You know, it's like the NBA. You know, if they said, uh, you know, you can't score more than 89 points in a game... Well, then why? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my, All right, my twisted look on it. All right, so no, moving on I, to I uh, trivia question number three. Tri- trivia question number three, okay. All, um, all new territory for us, by the way. Yeah, this is end of the year. We're, we're, we're making history here. I like it. <laughs> Pulling out all the stops. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um... You're a big AMC guy, Kevin. Oh, you um, know it. I think, yo, baby. Um, I think you featured this car on Muscle Car of the Week at least once. Um, and it's the uh, AMC Rebel Machine. How many years and what years were the Rebel was the Rebel Machine offered from AMC? We have not featured a row machine. You haven't? We have not. So the, you, uh, the SC Rambler you did? Yes. Have you? Yeah, yeah. We did, not we a did machine. That. Oh, not I a machine. stand corrected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that, that bodes in your favor because I don't know a whole lot about those cars. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the, the question was, what year were they offered? What years was the Rebel machine offered? Correct. I'm going to say uh, 68 to 70. 68 to 70 for the Rebel Machine. Yeah, that's my guess. Okay. All right. There's, Short tweet uh, to the point. Frank Simkowski is like out of his skin right now as he listens to this show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. How could you guys yes, not know is. this? Sorry, Frank. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's my guess. I'm not. Uh, the, the Rebel Machine is probably the AMC that I know the least about. And uh, uh-huh. they're cool. I, I understand there's a, yeah. a super, super neat one going up for sale at the Meekum Auction in Kissimmee, Florida in January. Oh, right it's supposed on. to be a real low mile, perfect car, Rebel Machine. And I just saw that today, but I didn't bother to uh, to read about it. Oh, 
Well, my bad. bad yeah, how about that? <laughs> it all comes back. Right, right. All right. Well, all right. the fourth and final trivia question of 2018. Wow. <laughs> that sounds official there. Scary. Yes. Um, I cannot verify the truth on this. Uh, so this is, uh, this is potentially an opinion, but I thought it would be worthy enough to be the add-on secondary question. All right. And I'll explain later where I got it and why I think it is probably true. Okay. Uh, on every year except the last year of manufacturer, the Ford Thunderbird was, uh, from what I've been told, had the same number of T-Bird emblems on the car. Ooh. So from 55 until, when did they stop making Thunderbirds? Well, they had that retro Thunderbird. Yeah. Was it like 05? Yeah, yeah. 04, 03, 04, 05, something like I that? I think it's up until like the very last model year. They had the same wow. number of emblems scattered throughout the car. And then the last year they added one just because of the, uh, it was the last year of the car from what I understand. Okay. So the question is, how many emblems were on the car throughout its lifetime? Oof. All right. Um, well, I'm thinking of what what I what I have in my head right now are the those the big mid '70s Thunderbirds, mm. those giant ones, and I think I remember seeing an emblem. You say not not the not the letters, not the word, but an emblem. Uh, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say. I'll, I'll broaden this, I guess, to say identifiers. Okay. You know. Um, I'm going to say two. Two. Two identifiers up until the last production year. So on and that. each year. On, on the whole car, it says. The yes, damn it, the whole car. <laughs> twice is what you're trying to tell me. Okay. Yeah. So so for so each model year would have two two callouts on each each car. Right. And then, that's your question. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Two. Except the last year of production where they Except added the last one. year they yeah. we'll say three. Yeah. All right. Okay. I noted that right. down. Sorry about that again, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Frank is uh one of our most loyal, if not loyalist listener, and he's uh, mm-hmm. an encyclopedia on this stuff. So Frank likes to play along on Facebook as he's listening real time right. and, and enter his guesses into the trivia, which is fun because he doesn't, right matter, now is, it doesn't really give it away a lot of times. You know? Right. No, but right now his neighbors are probably saying, why is all that screaming coming from the Simkowski house? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all over New Jersey. Right. All right. Well, that was fun. We will uh, see yeah. what happens at the end of the show on our uh, trivia. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's how that'll go. Dig it. Dig it, man. That was fun. Yeah. So uh, what else is shaking? So we're, we're at the end of the year. You and I both live in the Midwest, although hundreds of miles apart. Um, mm-hmm. And I am uh, impressed that we are both in our garages as we record this at the end of the year. Yeah. It's um, it's a little chilly in the garage, but not not too chilly. I got, you know, got a skull cap on to keep that beautiful bald head of mine warm. Yeah, mine too. That, uh, yeah, keeps the rest of me warm. But yeah, it's not been horrible. We had a little snow last night, just a you know a little dusting, um, but the weather hasn't been too too terrible. I mean, 
usually by this time of year, it's 20 below. So I'll take this all day long. Yeah, well, good. So, you But you get somewhat warmer weather being near uh, St. Louis and all anyway. We, yeah, we do. Uh, it was yeah. not terrible today, but... Um, you know, it's good to see that you're still in the uh, the outdoor VA Radio North studio and haven't, yes. haven't you know retracted into the basement yet for uh, prob- probably the next episode. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, subterranean, uh, the lower level studio, <laughs> yeah. as it were. <laughs> right on. Oh man. <laughs> uh, well, you know, there's uh, there's a million things we could chat about right now, and and um, yep. but the other day I, I sent you a text, and I don't know if you wanted to pursue that idea, if you prepared for that yeah. one at all. All right. I, I I am prepared. Okay. Well, so the idea here is uh, first, this is very unusual that we prepared. <laughs> <laughs> this was difficult. <laughs> really, and and a little you know insider information. Uh, probably the first. Five or six or seven episodes we did, we would text each other ahead of time with an idea, you know, and then what we found is as soon as the, you know, the string got pulled and we started recording these things, whatever that idea was, was generally gone. Just gone. <laughs> so we just kind of gave up on it. And, and so the vast majority of what you hear is uh, outside of the trivia question. There's usually a little bit of homework there. But outside of the trivia question, this is all just flying by the seat of the pants. Um, so we're reverting a little bit uh, to, to an idea, a, pre, uh, you know, a pre, preloaded you know, canon, if you will. But the reason for it is because it involved a little bit of thinking. And, and the, uh, the idea... And I kind of, when I pitch it to you, I, I used some phraseology that I think I want to modify a little bit because I didn't want it to sound negative. But uh-huh. the, when I told Mike, is uh, I texted him, hey, what do you think about doing an episode, like on your, I don't know if I said top five or top ten. Top five. Top five cars. Because I only got five. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's why I asked. Because I went long and came up with a few others just because I, I was thinking about it. But, uh-huh. you know, what, what are your top five cars that you think are cool that you, you know, but not cool enough to go out and buy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, was mm-hmm. kind of what I said. And and then I started doing this project, and I'm thinking, no, but there's a lot of people that would buy that car, so I don't want to make it sound like these are worthless cars. Right. So I'm, I'm rephrasing that setup to say, how about the top five cars that if somebody gave one to you, you just would not turn around and sell. You'd actually keep it. Ah. So it's kind of the same thing. Kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess it is. You know, because you, yeah. you like it enough to, to drive it and own it and everything else. Right. But you've got your GTO to spend money on. i got my other stuff to spend money on. So I wouldn't actively go out and purchase one of these. But if mm-hmm. my neighbor down the street got rid of his, I'd be like, heck yeah, I'm keeping this and mm-hmm. I'm driving it and I'm loving it. Yeah. Just yeah. A little more positive spin on that. Than- <laughs> it is more positive spin, but it doesn't change, the, doesn't change my list. No. Which is good. Good. All right. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you, when when you came to me with that idea, I thought, oh, I'll just you know hammer out five quick cars, and then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, you know, there's a lot of cars that I think are cool that I would want to buy. This this was a lot more difficult to come up with than I originally anticipated. Uh, I so agree. I agree because I really had to spend some time on this. There were many, um, and I, you know, you don't want to. Uh, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if this goes well. Maybe we do it again because these are just the kind of the ones that that came up, you know. Mm-hmm. And heck, maybe our listeners want to put out a list themselves too. Yeah, right on, right on. I'll tell you what, I'll do you one better. If any of our Let's listeners formulate their list of top five, and uh, we will somehow randomly throw a dart at that and uh, and read that list, um, oh. we'll send them a V8 Speed and Resto Shop T-shirt. How about that? 
Hey, how about that? There you go. You see that, kids? <laughs> He's Prizes. Work- <laughs> it's working for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right now, some of my uh, selections might be a bit surprising. Okay. As long as it's not a GTO on that list, we're going to be cool. No, they're all GTOs. They're all 67 GTOs. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, that one in your shop is looking sweet. That is. Thank you. uh, In the paint. It's uh, it's getting close. Mm. uh, Well, we'll try and stay on track here for the first time in in our whole two-year history of doing this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So... What's your uh, what's your number five? Uh, number five, okay, yeah. Some of these are going to be kind of weird too, but um, my number five car that I think is cool, but I wouldn't necessarily go out and buy or would keep if someone gave it to me is a Pontiac Solstice. A Pontiac Solstice, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're cool cars. I mean, they handle like a go kart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but for there's something that would hold me back. From going out to buy buying that car, well, yeah, um, probably I mean, they, money. Probably because I hardly fit and uh, money. Yeah, <laughs> right. That, that just holds me back from buying all these. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm assuming that money's no object on these. The I'm solstice. That I would have the money. Well, again, not, now we've changed that. So somebody gave this to you, and you're going to keep it. So, right. Yeah. Somebody gave it to me. I'd, I'd keep it and I'd buy it. And I'd, or excuse me, I would keep it and I'd drive it. Um, what would you leave it alone, or would you do stuff to it, or because uh, what do those have? An, an EcoTech style four cylinder in them. Yeah, and some of them were supercharged, which made them real, uh, yeah, 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 real yeah. hot hot rods. Um, There's uh, our friend not far from you at Finish Line Performance, Mr. Dan Bills, has done LS swaps on those. Really? Yeah, he had an LS6 uh, Solstice in there once that was insane. Now that wouldn't be impressive. Oh yeah, my goodness! I wonder how you keep that thing from turning over on itself. Well, so here's the, the real question it. with that. Is if you, if you inherit a Solstice, which is a Pontiac, and you put an LS in it, are you going to get excommunicated? <laughs> no! <laughs> I just might. I mean, do the do the Fiero guys get ostracized if they put an LS or a, you know a small block oh, in them? That's a great question. You got to bring that up at the next Pontiac meeting, the next club. I, club I, I'll meeting. have to. Like, what what are we going to do about this, guys? Well, m- maybe you should. You know, ask somebody in the building that's not in the club to ask that question. Because if it came from you, they might they might they might question your uh, the color of the arrowhead blood that you bleed. Yeah, (laughs) well, actually, one of the uh, one of the um, the show organizer, our our GTO show organizer, Paul Weinstein. He's he's the listener of the show, so now the cat's out of the bag. So sorry, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh Well, that is a. that's a very cool car. Um, mm-hmm. I've driven a few of those, and again, I think you're kind of you're kind of the same. I'm kind of the same boat. Somebody gave me one, I would love it. Mm-hmm. Not not going to go out and purchase one, but right now. Amen. Amen. Okay, so so my number five is um, a little bit out there, but it would be a 1984 Subaru Brat. Really? Yes. I have always, I always liked those things. And for those unfamiliar, the Subaru Brat was a, a truckette. It's a mini Japanese pickup truck kind of thing. It's like a Subaru yeah. version of an El Camino because the, the, you know, the body's all one piece. And uh, 
in 84, you get a four-wheel drive with a manual shift and T-tops. And they had, uh, it was really just a car chassis. It was not a truck, but it was elevated with bigger wheels. Right. And um, I remember as a kid thinking how cool it was that these things came from the factory with a pair of plastic bucket seats in the bed and seat belts. That's right. They did, didn't they? Yeah. So, you, it was, you know, at that yeah. point, I guess it was legal to strap people on the bed of your truck and drive them around. <laughs> and I always thought that would be a lot of fun. And at the same time, I think it was the the Timaya model company had a radio controlled version of the Subaru Brat. So I remember see, oh, yeah? seeing that, yeah, in the uh, in the hobby shop, and I'm like, man, that is cool. And uh, uh, just a little, I guess, two point two liter Subaru. And, and and a friend of mine had his dad owned a, a car dealer or, or was a general manager of a car dealership. And when we were in high school, he he took in. A Subaru GL, which was the little four-door, this was probably in 85, 86, uh-huh. and gave it to my, my buddy John for a winter car, because John had a 69 Mach 1 that he drove in the summertime. And uh, as a winter car in the Chicago area, we could not stop that little Subaru. You know, Really? It, it was front-wheel drive. It wasn't even all-wheel drive. And it, we just wow. beat, we beat the crap out of that thing. And oh, it just geez. kept running and running. And if you remember, in the 80s, well, I guess from the late 70s up, the official car of the U.S. ski team was the Subaru, Subaru all-wheel drive wagon. Uh, I did not know this. Four-wheel drive wagon. Yeah, the U.S. ski team official car huh. was a Japanese wagon, believe it or not. Oh, boy. So those little bits of garbage rolled around in my head enough to where I thought, you know what, if somebody gave me one of those little brat pickup trucks, I would use that as a winter beater and probably have a great time doing it. Hmm. All right. All right. There you go. That's a good one. You're you're right. That is surprising, but it's cool. I, I and those brats are were pretty cool. I remember seeing those as a kid. I'm like, that's a pretty cool car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they had the they had like a sticker package on them too, some striping, and it was just a kind of a neat looking car. I think they actually did have a strobe style stripe package on them at some point, or at, yeah, le- at least that right. the there is an Olympic version of the wagon that did. It was red, white, and blue. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was kind of cool and very surprising that that. When that press release hit the streets, that you know General Motors didn't step up immediately and say, "No, no, no, Mister Ski Team, we're getting you K five Blazers," and right, you know. So mm. who, who knows? Maybe there's a story there to be unearthed, uncovered in mm. the snow, shoveled out, if you will. Yeah, maybe plowed, <laughs> plowed <cool>. through, <laughs> plowed through. All right, I think that joke's been plowed through. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So, what's your number four, Mike? All right, number four. Uh, also, for the same reasons as the Solstice, I'm picking the Pontiac Fiero. Oh! Yeah. Because you same can't... Same reasons. Can't, All same reasons. You can't have one red-headed stepchild without its twin no. sister. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Boy, you are really... Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm. you know what? They're burning my membership card right now. And no, so or or they are uh, going to promote you somehow in the club. Maybe because you're speaking it, up for the the unsung heroes of the uh, Pontiac mm-hmm. Nation. Yeah, no, there there's a lot of cool things about the Fiero. I mean, it's a, um, a it's a space frame construction. I mean, you can it's it it's readily uh, available to be to become a cool kit car because you can take all the body panels off of that thing and do whatever you want with it. And there's a few faux Ferraris running around with Fiero steering wheels in them now. Yeah, uh, at least there was back in the in the '90s and early 2000s. But um, which I probably would not do. No, I, I would never do that. 
Oh Lord. Um, but um, I mean, that's that's what a air cooled VW chassis is for, for a kit car. Right, right, right. right. Uh, but um, but you know, the 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 first Fieros, the four cylinder ones, were were okay. I I like the styling as they as they wore on a little bit with the the arrow kind of front end and uh, the the fastback styling and the V6 that were in there. Those were cooler cars for sure. But again, not something that I would go out and purchase, but would drive one. If yeah. it ended up in my driveway. Well, I think towards the end they they finally changed the front suspension on those things because they, they yeah they, they were a Lotus uh, front suspension right instead of the uh, Chevette J right. platform that's what it was right. it was Pontiac J two thousand yeah. Chevy Chevette front end on uh-huh. those which was kind of a kind of a mess. Our good friend Paul had a Fiero. He had a, a GT. Did he? Yeah, in eighty six, and he he actually autocrossed that car. Did he and, really? And ran it, yeah. And it, it had an Iron Duke, you know, four-cylinder in it. Yeah. His was uh, silver. Um, it was a cool car. I think, uh, to me, the ultimate Fiero was, um, and now again, we, we talked about ECLS and superchargers, mm-hmm. and you know. But, right. but um, if I'm not mistaken, in about 88, 87 maybe, uh, Pontiac did an image car. It was a black and yellow Fiero with the typical 80s graphics, like the yellow was kind of yeah. tearing through it, and it was a oh, Fiero God, formula, yeah. and it, it had a Pontiac Racing, um, oh. I guess they're equivalent to maybe the Quad 4 Oldsmobile motor in it. Okay. And it ran like 1250s or something, and it was it was cool. I think I remember a little something about that car. Yeah, uh, and it might have been... By you saying that, it kind of jogged my memory a little bit. It might have been one of those Hot Rod Dare to be different episode, you know, uh, issues that right. had that thing on the cover, but yeah, those, those are cool. Huh. Right uh, the other interesting, uh, or not really, but piece of Fiero trivia <clears throat> is that in the 80s, there was an advertising agency that Pontiac went to to get the name. And it was the same guy. There was some, I don't know who he was, um, but there was an ad exec who was really hitting home runs with names. And he had two winners that year. One was Fiero, and the other was a Pizza Hut product that was a deep dish esque pizza called a Priazzo. Do you remember that? Yeah. The Pizza Hut Priazzo. And this guy was good at making up fake Italian words. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) And the Priazzo is one and the Fiero is another one. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sounds Italian, Uh, but but really isn't. So that was kind of fun. Huh. All right. Well, um, My number four is is a fringe. I, I'm you know if the right one came along, I probably would buy one. But a 1971 Buick Estate wagon. This would Ooh, be the that's uh, a big car. It's a huge car, and it's the, yeah. the clamshell wagon, which means I don't know how familiar you are with those wagons, but the rear the rear gate, if you will, mm. um, was electric, and you could. You could put your key in the quarter panel and turn the key one way, and the rear glass would would retract up into the roof of the car. Really? And then you turn the key the other way, and the rear tailgate would retract down into the into the bed of the wagon. What? Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing it would do is when you brought it back out, you could open it like a swing away door as well, manually. Wow. But that that's why they call them the clamshells because the top and bottom both kind of retracted and opened uh, up. I got you. And if I you look you. at those, that's... they're they're kind of curved in the back from the top to the bottom. 
and uh, 71 would have been the first year for that from the Buick. So it, it's before the big bumper, mid-70s and uh-huh. smog stuff. So you get a 455 in them, not that you're going to go race one. Um, but my, my first exposure to that car outside of seeing him on the street was uh, our friend Paul with the guy that had the Fiero. A, mi- yeah. a million years ago, his parents had a white 71 estate wagon with black vinyl interior and Paul wow. Paul had a, a lot of kids in his family, he had three sisters and himself. And then if I was tagging along, we could all fit in that thing and not even, you know, we'd still need, you know, a long distance calling card to reach the person in the front seat. Right. You know, right, riding right. in the way back. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we called it that too. That's awesome. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I love, I love those old seventies station wagons, especially the GM ones. Um, this um my my cousin's um uh one of my cousin's uh, dad he had uh i think it, was, it must have been like a 73 or 74 buick station wagon and it had the it was like a nine passenger wagon had the seats in the back mm-hmm. that, would, that were facing rearward that i thought that was the coolest car in the world for a long long time yeah. I, and i have a real affinity for those big wagons yeah for me the ultimate wagon would be like an old vista cruiser wagon yeah yeah, uh, yeah. to me the ultimate wagon um, is a sketch i've got in my head that i would love to build for somebody um, i would love to do a 57 mercury wagon because they're all kinds of weird and they've got spacey stuff in right? them and trim and chrome and you know, but that, that, that's when I would buy this. This is one that if somebody gave to me, I wouldn't sell. <laughs> you know? Right. Oh yeah. And I love the sixties wagons, you know, also the big square ones. And especially that 71 Buick, uh, was also a hard top four door. So you could roll all the windows down and there's no pillar. So it's wide open inside. Really? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So that's my number that four. Very cool. Wow. Right on. That's a great, great pick. Okay. My number three. Is uh, it's kind of out there. It's the Studebaker Avanti. Oh, very nice. Yeah, it's a you know very polarizing uh, styled car uh, for a lot of people. And We've I drove that. one for a little bit. Uh, my buddy was kind of caretaking for one um, for a, a doctor friend of his. He had it in his garage, and we got to drive it a little bit. It was a cool car, um, but it's just. Not cool enough that I would really <laughs> want to go out and get one. Yeah. But again, if it ended up in my driveway, I wouldn't sell it. I would drive it around and I would enjoy it. Yep. So, two hundred and seventy-one horsepower R two supercharged version. Of course, if somebody gave you one, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Well, they are cool, and you're right. Very polarizing. Yeah. Um, designed by Raymond Lowy, the, uh, Raymond the all-American designer. Uh, cool. All right. Well, my number three yeah. is a 1978 AMC Cherokee Chief. Nice. Yeah. And nice. Especially an orange would be the, the color that I would go for. And uh, cool. that, that's your, your, your grand Cherokee style, but two-door, uh, uh-huh. four-wheel drive, right. 360, two-barrel probably. Yeah. Um, you know, you could get them and they were all four wheel drive and they had, I think it was called the, the Insta track or there's some kind of on demand oh, drive I, I, yeah, I know what you mean. system for yeah. those. Um, you didn't have to get out and turn the hubs. Yeah. You could pull a lever. Like, and, like a shift on the fly, four wheel drive kind of a thing. Yeah. Which I wouldn't recommend. I would, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> but yeah, it had no. some kind of thing. 
Um, there was one when I was a kid, uh, a guy I went to preschool or, a, you know, kindergarten with. I remember being in, in first grade oh, with wow. this kid at, at one point, and it, his dad came home with a brand new orange Cherokee chief, and it, it left a mark. And I remember going to, yeah. uh, you know, birthday parties and stuff and it being in the driveway and I'm thinking, oh man, is that thing cool? And I got a ride in it and they ride rough and they're mm-hmm. noisy. Um, and there's some awesome ones out there today. Uh, while we were talking about this, I looked one up on Craigslist that was on the West coast. Wasn't a lot of money. I think it was 5,500 bucks or something, but it had a lift kit on it. It had, uh, you know, mutters on it. It had oh, kind of pre-runner style open fenders and it had a light bar and everything. And I'm like, you know, uh, and and sorry AMC guys, but that would be a killer LS swap. That would. Yeah. That yeah. would. So yeah. that's my number three guess. Good pick. All right. My uh my number two car um is also kind of an interesting pick. It's a uh, a Triumph TR6. TR6, nice. Yeah. Yeah. My uh this this is one that kind of left a mark on me as well. My my uncle had one when I was a little kid. And uh, they lived in Maryland, and so we didn't get to see them very often. And when we did, he took me out for a drive-in at one time, and he, he let me kind of lean over and, and steer the car a little bit. Mm, yeah, yeah. And I was so I was so short then, I couldn't see over the dash. I couldn't see the road. <laughs> nice. Luckily, we were <laughs> luckily we were on some like some old gravel road, and you know there was nobody on there. And uh, I said, "How am I doing, Uncle Gary?" And he's like, "You're doing fine." I'm like, "That's great," because I, I can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> he's like, "Oh, well, let me get let me get the wheel there, Michael. Let me get the wheel." Nice, nice. That's yeah, cool. That was a cool car. Yeah. So that one's that's one of those that left a mark on I me. Mean, it's not my style of car, but because 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 he had one, it you know kind of left a mark on me. And they're pretty cool cars, I think. But uh, but again, uh, wouldn't wouldn't own one, wouldn't buy one, but would love to have one. What color was that one? I believe it was, uh, if memory serves, it was like green. Like, um, I think not. I don't know if it was British racing green, or 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 what. But I remember it being green. Yeah, yeah. They they sold a lot of green ones. There was a yeah. couple of red ones where I grew up uh, driving around. And was that a straight six in that thing, or a, I think that's there might be a four cylinder in that. Uh, that I don't remember. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, well, when you're three years old or whatever the hell, you weren't under the hood. Yeah, yeah I was probably like nine or ten. <laughs> okay. Or something. Yeah. I was, you know, two. Just a little kid. Just a little guy. Well, you know, I got to say, when you started to say Triumph and, and looking at the uh, Solstice and the Fiero, I was expe- <laughs> expecting an X19, but you didn't go that way. <laughs> no. The Fiat X19 or the Triumph Spitfire, you know, the other. But th- oh, those are pretty yeah. cool, too. The, or or TR, TR7 was the weird one, the, the doorstop. Yeah. I almost bought a, a Spitfire when I was in the Air Force. Yeah. There, there was a couple for sale at a used car lot. I'm like, man... That's yeah. kind of a cool car. Yeah, I didn't buy it. I knew well, a kid that I knew uh, in the Air Force. He bought it and had nothing but trouble with it. I'm like, man, yeah. I'm glad I didn't buy that car. Those were, those were tricky, and and uh, yeah. those, those TR7s, you know, the one that was a a wedge. Those were oh, the nightmare yeah? too. Yeah, but mm. um, but those early TR6s are cool cars. Yeah, right on. Yeah, it was a cool car. All right, so that was your number two, right? Yes, sir. All right, so this one. Um, my number two is actually kind of two cars that are similar that I would kind of rope together, but it would either be um, a 91 Lincoln Mark 7 LSC uh, or an 88 Thunderbird Turbo Coupe. Oh. Right, because th- those are essentially kind of the same platform. 
Uh-huh. Um, the difference being that the LSC Lincoln had a 5.0 V8 in it, and the Turbo Coupe was a 2.3 four-cylinder right. turbo. But if, yeah. if somebody uh, bequeathed me either one of those, that would immediately become a Coyote six-speed swap mm. and would be awesome. Uh, I would, it would be awesome. If someone's going to give me one, I prefer you give me the Lincoln over the Thunderbird. <laughs> <laughs> the Thunderbird was a great car. And, and the funny thing about it is it, they were they're kind of big. They're kind of heavy and big. Uh-huh. Um, and we were all surprised when they put that turbo motor in them because it was such a small displacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a Pinto engine, the old 2-3 four-cylinder. Oh, yeah. But, oh, yes, I know. But they, they performed well. They're a 15-second car in a, in yeah. a, a big Thunderbird body. Um, yeah, the Lincoln. However, that that ninety one, they made a special edition LSC. You can get it all. It was all blacked out. It had a black mm-hmm. basket weave BBS style wheel with a polished yeah. hoop in in a sixteen inch wheel. By the way, um, oh, you know, cool. before the seventeens or anything else hit the street. Right. Uh, Four wheel disc brakes, three seventy three eight point eight inch rear. Uh, they had an AOD automatic. You couldn't get the Lincoln with a manual, but that would have mm. been. That would have been the deal right there. A great, yeah. great leather interior, air suspension from the factory. Oof. And the fun thing about that air suspension was when the guys kind of got into building hot rods on airbags, um, I remember going to the junkyard and looking at one of those Lincolns. Uh, again, my friend who I mentioned before, whose dad was a, a, worked at a dealership, it was a Lincoln dealer. So he had one of these things. He had many of these cars as their demo cars. Wow. And we drove them before they were owned by anybody, right? These were dealer oh, yeah. demos. And I was blown away by how nice that Lincoln drove, uh, that Mark 7. And at the time, again, it's, it shares a lot of the, the chassis with the Mustang. And it's totally different behind the wheel, largely because of the air suspension. Well, right. when they, you know, reached the ripe old age of like three or four, the air systems were starting to go on them. <laughs> and you'd see these Lincolns drag ass in the back and, <laughs> and, you know, and people converted a lot of them to coil springs and everything else. Right. And what they didn't realize, I guess the Lincoln dealership was the only place to get them fixed and they were kind of expensive, you know, to repair. But right. I remember when we did an Air Ride Technologies air system on our Galaxy, um, it, at that point, this is late, late nineties and the electronics weren't there yet that you have today mm. with the aftermarket air suspension systems. Remember going in the, into the junkyard and finding there's a module for the Lincoln. Now I never installed it because I didn't get that far, but uh-huh. that Lincoln knew if the doors were open or not. And the, really? the theory was you get in the car, your friends get in the car, kids, wife, whatever. Uh, it requires more air pressure to be at ride height. So it had ride height sensors, first of all, and then it had pressure sensors. And when you all got to wherever you were going and everybody piled out of the car, um, it was up at a, at a higher higher ride height because everybody got out. You know, the, right. the uh-huh. extra air had the thing all jacked up. Well, oh, yeah. it would wait until the door was closed before it let itself down so that uh-huh. you didn't open the door over the curb uh, and then the car come down and crush the door. Comes down right? and scrapes the curb. So yeah. interesting technology in those that's, cars. That's great forethought. Yes, but if uh, if you see, and I'm I'm really surprised you don't see more of them out there. I'm I'm guessing it's because the Coyote swap is such a wide engine, the dual overhead cam, that it mm-hmm. it might be a little tricky to fit in that thing. Um, Could be. 
but if somebody were to build a really cool hot rod, they could do something with uh, yeah. with that Lincoln and the Coyote. I, I, I would imagine any car with with strut towers would be a difficult swap. Yeah, and again, that's I mean I've seen one or two, but um, anyway, that that's my number two car. So it's a car that I would I, I would inherit and then I would modify. Yeah, uh, a buddy of mine in the Air Force, he had one of those turbo coupes, Thunderbirds. Yeah, and that was a that was a quick car, man. I yeah, mean, we'd all pile in it, and he would really. He would really cook in that thing. It was not, it was nice too. And those turbo coupes, again, uh, in, when I lived in California working for Hot Rod, we go spend a lot of time in the junkyards. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the rear end to grab because that was a three seventy three limited slip disc brake eight eight really? rear end in those turbo coupes. Yeah, so everyone uh, you'd see in the junkyard, the rear end was always gone immediately. <laughs> and those had yeah, nice. uh, had T five five speeds in them, which wasn't a bad transmission. It's a precursor to the T TKO. Like the 500 oh, and TKO 600, yeah. but the T5 and the T5 World Class were good for four cylinders, but they weren't good for big V8s. They just didn't handle it. But uh, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, cool. All right, and that brings us to number one, sir, for me. Um, I kind of flip flop back and forth on what this number one car was going to be for me, um, and both both choices are kind of weak, I think, but. <laughs> Well, we're going to have to hear gonna, both of them. We're going to throw it out there anyway. So I'm going to pick, and I changed it last minute here. So I'm going to say um, pretty much any Mustang. Any? Yes. Wow. Yeah. We see yeah. where they I stand mean, in your book. So Yeah, I mean, Mustangs are, I mean, they're iconic. I mean, they started a, 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 the pony car revolution. They have, a you know, a, an, an, an indelible spot in history, in automotive history. I can't deny any of that, um, but I am just, I'm not a Ford guy, and I, uh, you know, I, I, they're, they're cool. There are some really, some really bitching Mustangs out there. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Even, like, the, the 18 to 2018, or what, when was the latest uh, re, uh, restyle for the Mustang? Was it 2017 or 2018? Well, they kind of tweaked it every year. You know, the 15 yeah. was the big change. But and then those the are really great looking cars, I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. but but again, I think you're thinking along the lines of our original concept of you're not going to buy one, uh-huh. but if somebody gave you one, so you just said any Mustang. So if I gave you like a '76 Mustang II, you'd keep that, drive it, and enjoy it. <laughs> I wouldn't. Here's why: those have a those Mustang twos. Believe it or not, have a special. Place in my heart, my my mother drove home with a brand new '75 right. Mustang II hatchback with a 302 in it. Yeah, I and remember it hearing was that. Like a light blue car, and I thought it was the coolest car in the world. I was I was six yeah. so when she drove that thing home one day. I'm like, this is the coolest car ever. So you are a Ford, you know? What do I know? But um, but I always kind of thought those Mustang II hatchbacks were really neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, and on that same line then, being any Mustang, if somebody dropped off a Boss 429 in the driveway and threw the keys and said, I don't need this anymore. I would drive it. I'm telling you. Cause, cause I you, would you could, drive it. You could make 400 grand on that car just about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have to drive it forever, right? I mean... <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, again, I'm modifying the rules. You have to keep it for a year. Yeah, I kind of changed that <laughs> rule there again on you. So, but I get it. So you're not buying a Mustang. That's all good. What was the yeah. What was the the second choice? Um, any Chevelle. Any Chevelle? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You are a Pontiac guy. guy. 
I'm a GTO guy, man. Pontiac guy. But I had two Pontiacs on my list. You did. You did. Yeah. Right on. All right. Well, I have, um, because I really started thinking about this, and I think I was driving, so I was just kind of dictating this stuff to my phone. I have one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five runner-ups, and then my number oh, one. Oh, wow. All right. So I'll, I'll quickly glaze through those because we have a minute. All right. Uh, on the Lincoln theme, if somebody gave me an 88 Lincoln Town Car, I would hold on to it. Um, I would buy any of the 60s Town Cars, totally, you know. Mm. But if somebody gave yeah. me in one of the 80s, and again, um, we had two of them when I was a kid. We had an 81, and my dad bought an 89 from that same buddy's dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a trade-in car, and and uh, I, I drove the 81 quite a bit and remember how isolationist that car was just going on the road. It was so quiet right. and it was so comfortable and so cushy. Mm. I'm not going to go out and spend a dime on one, but if somebody gave me one, I'd keep it. Okay. Uh, number two, number two of my number five, number ones, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a 1978 Oldsmobile Delta 88 Regency two door. With the Ooh. performance suspension package in the 403. Because huh. there was one. There was actually a pace car. Um, really? Yeah, but I'm not talking about the pace car. And again, it's, right. a, it's, a, it's funny how many of these things throw back to our history. But uh, my neighbor came home with a brand new 78 silver Olds 88 two-door with a maroon velour interior. And it had... Ooh. It had Oldsmobile like super stock wheels on it, you know, super stock twos with the you know the windows and the trim. It had raised white letter nice. tires. Ooh. It had the 403 Olds motor in it. Uh, first car I remember experiencing cruise control in as a kid. Because oh, nice. uh, my buddy's or my neighbor's dad, you know, took his foot <clears> off the gas when we went around the, the Kennedy Expressway, and the car kept going. And I'm like, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, it was comfortable, and it it to this day is my definition in my head of what new car smell is. Is that right? I know what that smell is in my head right now, and today's new car smell is different than old new car smell. Yeah, sure, sure. They, I believe that. They yeah, use yeah, yeah. Different glues and different stuff. Yeah, different materials, off gas differently. Sure. Yeah, but I remember that car vividly. So if somebody dropped one of those off just for the nostalgia, I'd probably keep that for a while. Also, because it's probably worthless, couldn't really sell it anyway. But uh, <laughs> all right, next runner-up, um, a 1983 Dodge Diplomat. Dodge Diplomat, yes, really? Yeah, two-door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for those who are unfamiliar with the Diplomat, it was basically on the, I guess, on the Aspen Velare platform. Yeah, I, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it would have been a Chrysler. Might have been an A body. I think. I don't know. And Maybe. and they had. Uh, I'll never forget it. They had they had rectangular headlights that always appeared to be upside down to me because the turn signals mm-hmm. were on top. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, And most sure. other cars yeah. had the turn signals right below the headlights at that point. Mm-hmm. And they had a rear window with a crease in it, so it used that hot bent wire technology that the rear window came to kind of a point in the two-door oh, in the back, okay. much like a, you know, like a 77 Pontiac Grand Prix. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Monte Carlo, you know, Uh uh, or eventually the Caprice that had the bends at the corners and the Tudors, the rear glass wrapped around like a 77, 78 Caprice. Um, Anyway, the reason why I thought those cars 
if, again, if somebody gave me one, I'd probably drive it, is, um, again, 318, I think you could get a thermal quad four-barrel in them. They had the Chrysler A518 overdrive, so they actually got okay mileage. Uh, again, carry over from the late 70s into the early 80s with the ultra pillow tuft cushy interior, <laughs> but in a slightly smaller platform. And oh, yeah. uh, and I remember there was some TV show where the diplomat was a was a cop car of some sort, like a private detective car or something. And oh, I yeah. and there was that same car drove around in my neighborhood, you know. And I was like, that, oh wow, I thought that was cool. So sure, that's that's a car I will, I guarantee I will never buy. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> and then the last runner up. Um, Another oddball, uh, but it's again, it's one that I used to own, uh, an 81 Nissan 200SX. Ah, I remember those cars. And, and that was 81, 82. That's when they didn't know if they were Nissan or Datsun at that point. They were still uh-huh. both. And uh, the one I had was uh, an 81 with the hatchback, and it had louvers on the back. It had like 14 or 13-inch wheels, but it was the straight six... Z motors, so the same engine that came in the two 80ZX at the time. Uh, uh-huh. Overhead cam, five-speed manual, rear drive, four-wheel disc brakes, electronic fuel injection, buckets, digital dash, power mirrors on both sides. Nice. In a little thing that got like 38 or 39 to the gallon, and looked like a, looked like an early 80s uh, spaceship, you know, wedge style. Yeah. Sure. Um. But they were, it was a cool little car. It was something I had in college. This is a commuter car. And on New Year's Day in 1991, I'm going to say, uh, uh-huh. somebody totaled it out in front of our house. And uh, I found Gosh, it, in the, it in the front lawn, balled up to nothing. So, oh, jeez. <laughs> so I'm not going to buy well, one. Well, that stinks. But if I find one, somebody gives me one. All right. So the, mm-hmm. the, the actual car, though, that I chose for number one. As our listeners are thinking, you're insane. By the way, they're thinking uh, both of us have lost it with these cars, <laughs> with these cars, you know, because we're typically muscle cars in America. But those are cars we would go out and buy. These are ones mm-hmm. that are given to us. Uh, 2005 through 2009 Cadillac STSV with the supercharged North Star engine. Ooh, yes, nice car, great car. STS was the full size. Uh, the V-Series, that, that North Star was 469 horsepower in those things. Wow. It was a rocket. And, um, well, of course. They, they handled great. They drove great. That was the time period right before they became really weird with the styling. on You know, a lot of the uh. over-edgy Cadillac stealth, you know, design school. Um, uh-huh. They were super expensive. And they're still kind of expensive. You know, I think they're still mm-hmm. twenty grand for one of them things. Jeez. And anybody who's ever worked on one of those North Stars will tell you that, you know, the starter is in under the intake manifold. And right. on a supercharged one, you got to dig into all that stuff and you're going to have problems. So stay away from it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, if somebody, well, had, somebody gave me one of those, I would drive it. Didn't they have head gasket issues as well? They did. Yeah, they yeah had, that's what I thought. They had head gasket issues. They, they had a few issues. Um, mm-hmm. And then when you put a blower on it and beat on it in a heavy car, it's going to have more issues. Uh, <laughs> more head gasket issues. <laughs> yeah, but but I I had one as a press car for a week, um, courtesy of Cadillac, 
And was that right? uh, I, it, I think it was seventy grand or something, seventy-two thousand. And, and I was, you know, about ready to start, you know, hitting up my neighbors for cash because <laughs> I, I really liked it. Um, Having a bake sale and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, lots of lemonade, you know. But <laughs> <laughs> so that's one. Nice. If, if somebody gave me an STSV, I would. Uh, that would be, you know, I'd make that my daily, and that would be it. Until, mm. until it broke, then I'd call Trevor. Help me. <laughs> well, Trevor had that CTSV for uh, for a little bit, right? For about twenty minutes, and uh, that was a cool car. Well, he did. In fact, when he was looking at buying that CTSV, and Trevor, of course, is uh, one of the technicians in our shop, um, I had told him because he was stuck. He's like, "I want a luxury, nice car that makes power, that looks cool, that falls into this age for this price range." And I said, "Check out the STS," and and uh, that's when it really kind of reaffirmed that. No, I need this thing to be on the road all the time. You know, <laughs> I, I don't because not to say that they weren't reliable, but when they went down, they went down big. You know, so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody needs that in their life. No, no. Well, that's a heck of a list, man. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Yeah, yours too. Good stuff. Thank you. Uh, yeah, pro- proving that we're not. Uh, I was going to say we're not one-trick ponies. We're kind of no-trick ponies, but we have a wide appreciation of stuff. <laughs> right. 200 SX. That's crazy. I remember those cars. I remember seeing those on the road a lot. Yeah, that that was an interesting era when the advertising was all that wireframe 3D Tron and mm. uh, and there was, yeah. a, there was a tank video game, remember, <laughs> that you... Yeah. That you'd shoot the mountains in the background or whatever. Yep. And the 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 Nissan and Datsun commercials, all the cars drove out of that mystical <laughs> wireframe awesome. world. And they had the, the <laughs> choirs in the background singing, you know. But uh, that was a pretty cool car because even even today, if you say, "Hey, it's you know fuel injected overhead cam, manual yeah. trans, rear drive, four wheel disc," it sounds like a pretty sophisticated car. And this is. Almost yeah. 40 years ago, you know. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, pretty cool. Yeah, really cool, man. Oh, boy. <clears throat> so, any listener that posts up some cars, uh, like I said, if we, we pick it and read it on the air, we'll get you, uh, get you a T-shirt. And at this point... Frank's making this list right now. That's right. I think <laughs> Frank might, might have it. Well, Frank could always use more shirts. Uh, right. Uh, all right. Let's get back to the trivia question, because that's why people came here. Uh, oh, totally. So you went first, and your question to me was AN fittings. What does it mean? AN fittings. I said Army, Navy. Tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. That is correct, sir. Holy a- AN Lord. is Army, Navy, and it was a standard born out of World War II. Yep. Um, so, uh, and since then, they've just, you know, it's become ubiquitous in the hot rod world. There you so. go. So nicely done. Thank you. Right on. So I, I put a little W there. Win. Mm-hmm. Right. Win for Kevin. So my first question to you was, uh, what was the fastest lap speed recorded in NASCAR? What car and bonus of what year? What track, mm-hmm. too? What track was the other one? So, And you said, did I say I what said, track? No, I didn't say what track. I said no, what no, car, no. car, year, fastest and speed. speed recorded, what car, what year. Yeah, so you said 227 miles per hour. In a Toyota in 2010. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, even on all three. None of that's right. We didn't get there. <laughs> 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 we 
we're still in the pits. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay, and it might surprise you, but it was actually uh, Bill Elliott. Oh, Bill Elliott and the Thunderbird. And a Thunderbird in 1987. Ah, Bill Elliott. Uh-huh, and the car went two, 212.809 miles per hour. At wow. uh, at Daytona or at Talladega, at Talladega, Ta- the Talladega Super Speedway, and then he backed it up in Daytona at 210 miles an hour, and wow. and the uh, uh, really that's kind of when the restrictors came in, and and what you got you, you you brought that point up of the the Chrysler 426 Hemi car breaking 200 in 1970, um, pretty sure that. With the aerodynamic advances, that Bill Elliott Thunderbird was uh, was a small block car, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I think all the NASCAR engines were small yeah. block cars. So, right? uh, yeah, so you know, like 750 horsepower small blocks, and yeah. and, and it was Oof. all about the aero, and enabled you know a heavier, bigger car to go far faster with you know a hundred less cubes in the 80s, still in a carburetor. I think it's yeah. pretty pretty amazing. And yeah, that's impressive. And, yeah, for sure. And could you only imagine if they allowed that technology, you know, to, to advance and be legal, they mm-hmm. they would have 300-mile-an-hour NASCARs right now. But that's not oh safe. So, and, the, and rather than redo all the tracks, they put the restrictors on. And that, like I said, that's kind of where they lost me. But Yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, you... You, you you want people to be safe, and you don't necessarily. I mean, it's it's fun to see a crash now and again. Let's 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 just put that out there. Well, we're humans. You don't want anyone you know, killed. Yeah, or hurt. I, I, but you know, maybe there would have been the advent of the super duper speedway. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> or, or or it would even help uh, um, progress the safety industry as well. You'd have better safety equipment. Totally, totally. To keep these guys safe. So there's that. Right on. Okay, mm-hmm. so what was. Uh, so, oh, that's question right. number two. For yes, you? yeah, that was the AMC question. Yeah, what years were the was the Rebel Machine available? What model years? And you said 1968 through 1970. And unfortunately, that's not quite correct. Yeah, I knew it. Um, the Rebel Machine was a one year only. It was uh, car 1970. 70 only. There Its it predecessor is. was the SC Rambler. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. So I yeah. lose on that one. Yeah, you're batting 500. What if you? This was the big leagues. You'd be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> hey, well, and then there's, <laughs> there's that. All right. Well, my second question to you was: uh, in every year of production except the last year. Now the caveat is that I don't know that this is true, but okay. it comes from a reliable source, and the reliable source right. is uh, a good friend and an automotive photographer. Mr. Randy Lorenzen. And L- Randy has shot probably as much, if not more, Ford Thunderbird press photography over the years than many people. He was okay. uh, on st- essentially Ford's kind of in-house freelancer that shot a lot of the brochures and magazine ads. So he was always oh, around right? the inside guys. And not just for Thunderbird, for the Mustang. You mentioned when the Mustang got restyled, Randy's mm-hmm. the guy who had the the 05 Mustang in our shop at Hot Rod in 2002, or 2003. Uh, Right when I was getting ready to leave there, he called me one night. He's like, you got to come down here and see this. And I said, what is it? He's like, can't can't tell anybody, but there's a reliable truck out in front with a 2005 prototype Mustang three years ahead of time. 
Oh, and, how cool is that? Yeah, and he was doing the photo shoot on it uh, for, okay. for Motor Trend and for Hot Rod. But anyway, Randy pointed out recently that he was told by the, the Thunderbird design team that did the last car that they broke protocol and they added a, added a an identifier. And up until then, each Thunderbird had 12 identifiers. Oh, oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Missed it by that much. <laughs> so what you said, <laughs> your, your guess was two. Two. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. And then, I'm retiring. And then uh, <laughs> the, the last Thunderbird had 13 just to break the, oh to make gosh. it different. And, but think about it. How many GTO and Pontiac badges are there on your car? You know, there's yeah, the grill, one, there's the quarter two, panels, there's the three, dash. Four, five, six, yeah. Right? At so, least six. Oh, seven. There's one on the grill, too. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they add yeah, up right. quickly. Then the steering wheel and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Probably hubcaps. Yeah. And so it, just quickly yeah. adding those up, you know, you have four hubcaps and then five for the steering wheel, six for the dash, seven, eight, both fenders, nine, ten, front and rear, you know, and a couple <sighs> more thrown in for good measure, so. It makes sense to me. The The trivia question is if they all had the exact same number, you know. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's true, but it's plausible. Well, so. he sounds like a reliable source. So Oh, yeah, we'll he is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we'll only get you half wrong on that one. Because so, it's, it's a half, <laughs> half ha- half-weighted question. Jeez, I was so wrong on this. I'm automatically wrong on the next one. That's how that's how wrong I was on this one. You know what? I'm automatically wrong on the next three questions. Crying out loud! That's how bad this was. Trying to go into 19 on a joint on a clean slate here. You know, I'm working. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Right on. Crash and burn, Mav. I need a beer to put out these flames. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Well, hey, uh, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for a great year of doing these. It was fun. We had a lot of fun experiences with uh, SEMA and PRI and McCacken and and just doing the shows in the garage and all the rest of it. So um, it was fun. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. It's been my honor and my pleasure to do all this with you this year and and, and in years past. So looking forward to more of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, There's going to be a lot of things happening in 19. that uh, we'll just get to as we uh, as we go. Um, cool. Some cool cool news about uh, about just about everything that we do. So that's cool. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Right. Right. And when- well, one one cool thing. Um, I mean, this this latest muscle car of the week was a slightly different format. You were. Um, you had the you had the guess the bid on the uh, yes. for the uh, the Super Snake and the the Ford uh, the Ford GT competition prototype and that. 32 Ford McMullen Roadster. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um, that was interesting because uh, I, I think I got an email from Meekum about the Kissimmee auction. And the Kissimmee auction is, you know, their biggest, I think, car count of the year. It's like 3,300 mm-hmm. cars or something. It's giant. And, uh, and these were three top headliners. And I went, holy cats, you know. And, and uh, it dawned on me that when we were at the McCacken show, all three of those cars were sitting right there. And right. we had a little video of kind of walking around them all. But at the time, I think it was kind of early on in our, our live broadcast, and I was more concerned with getting through that than I did pay much attention to the cars. Mm-hmm. And I thought, these are really special. So um, it made me kind of go through, and I looked them up on the on the website, on the Meekum.com site, and I noticed that there are some great photos and great stories about them. 
And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, it might be kind of fun because these three now, they could kind of go all over the place uh, as far as what they're going to bid right. for. And uh-huh. we've done the guess the bid thing on our Facebook page in the past and on, on our yeah. uh, V8 forum on the website. And uh, it, it's always pretty cool for those who want to play along. But um, this time to put all three cars in it at once with a kind of an unusual scoring system. You know, so we're going to look at, you know, you can go to uh, musclecartheweek.com slash contest if you hear this in time uh, by before January 11th. Uh, but the idea is that if somebody guesses three numbers for, you know, one for each of the three cars, I got a spreadsheet that's going to identify ones that are close. And if, you know, whoever's closest is going to win a t-shirt and a brother's collection hat. But the other fun one is to, to allow somebody else to win is we're just going to add up the total of all three of them and whatever, if the, if the number is close to the actual total, uh-huh. somebody else is going to win that. And that could be, even if somebody guesses $1 for one of them, but gets the other two to add up to be what they actually went for, you know? So it's a little bit, right. a little confusing, but it'll be fun. I mean, is it closest price, uh, without going over or? Uh, no, this is not either price way. is right rules. This is closest okay. up or down. Up or down. Okay, cool. E- either way. Yeah. So uh, All right. why not? And we've had a whole bunch of people sign up on the website and guess. Oh, fantastic. That went live, you know, less, I don't know, about 24 hours ago. And I think we're at, yeah. I don't know, over over 50 or so uh, people that have signed mm-hmm. up already. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, a little different episode. Yeah. We try to shake them up a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, always love doing the car features, but that to me was an oppor- a content opportunity and also a chance to get people involved a little bit, get back something mm-hmm. without just picking a random here you win. Right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're doing tonight. You know? <laughs> 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 Which is cool too, but you know. Yeah. I muscle car totally. of the week we made him earn it a little bit, you know, work for it. Yeah. Well, you can't just throw your hat in the ring. You got to got to do a little something something. That's right. That's right. So and rest assured, we have uh, we have a lot of great cars as regular car features coming too, but we we are going to be doing a few more of, you know, retrospects and comparisons and a few mm-hmm few kind of things that are what I think are good topics in the in the muscle car culture as well as featuring cars straight up because um, a lot of times the stuff isn't addressed and I'm really trying to find things that people don't really talk about that much and uh, if you recall we did an episode a couple back uh, talking about the verbiage that people use at the auctions <laughs> oh right uh, and, yeah. and, and and one describing cars you know and and uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the word prominence was invented for car auctions. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. I think it was. And I, and I don't think I hear Wayne Carini saying that a lot on his show. Uh, yeah, and and <laughs> I don't know that there's any metric for what you know. If it's got prominence, it's got prominence. So you know, mm. yes, this car drove uh, through the same state of Tennessee that Elvis lived in, so it has prominence. <laughs> Yes, the provenance of this of this vehicle. Yes, yes, yes. Right. It's, it's right. twenty thousand more dollars now because of that. Yeah. Well, the tricky one becomes when people say, "Yeah, it's got a uh, uh, a correct uh, Pontiac four hundred uh, that's date code correct for the car." Yeah, right. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the engine it came with. <laughs> right. It doesn't mean it's the born with engine. Right. That's tricky. Or or what what really gets me in? You could talk for an hour on this. Is uh, 
survivor car. This it's a survivor. What constitutes that? There's no real. There's no definition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's no set rule. Yeah. That says what is a survivor and what isn't. Right. Well, it's had the quarter painted, but it's a survivor. Right, yeah. You know, oh, only yeah. one repaint. Right, exactly. Or another one that, that kind of got a friend of mine once where he bought a car that the, uh, it had a en- uh, numbers matching engine transmission, the whole deal, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. They didn't match the car, but they matched each <laughs> other. <laughs> so the engine and transmission had the same number stamped on them, but that was not oh, right for the car. Gosh, dang it. But the guy said, "Oh, it's not you know numbers matching engine transmission," and right. the assumption was made, right? So anyway, those those kind of topics yeah. we're going to touch on and have mm-hmm. on some recent muscle car of the week to kind of add a little bit of. The idea is to add something to the either the ownership or enthusiast experience about muscle cars that might not necessarily be facts and figures on one particular car this week, you know. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Yeah, right on. Right on. All right, man. Well, I think we've uh, uh, burned up enough of our esteemed listeners' uh, of time. Uh, again, we appreciate uh, people tuning in and checking it out, and uh, always welcome to uh, leave comments and feedback on Facebook or on our website at, at v8radio.com. Please subscribe if you like the show on uh, iTunes or. Um, you can listen on the TuneIn Radio app, on uh, Stitcher, on Google Play, on Facebook, on, uh, of course, V8 Radio. And I think there's a couple of more now, too. Some syndicators have picked this up. Oh, yeah, right. And I don't mean to sound like national broadcast syndicators, you know, like CBS <laughs> or something. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> but these are, you know, website syndicators that, that pick up an iTunes feed and put it on another platform for more people to subscribe to so that's kind of cool um, so you have lots of uh, no excuse not to hear it how about that all right thank you syndicators that's right so uh all right man well again uh thanks again for a great year and uh happy happy Likewise. new year and all the best in 19 we'll get the gto update next time sounds good yeah there, there should be some updating even to do, better to give. new year new update that's right. All right. That's right. Well, My it... one new update for the year is coming up. <laughs> Get that out of the way right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So uh, for Mike Clark, I'm Kevin Osti. Keep the shiny side up, and we'll see you next time on VA Radio.